0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. So this evening my message is, as I said, it's part of my Freedom series and this morning I started with part one, Corruption, and this evening I'm going to continue uh, on the same series, but the title of my my message is uh, Distinguish Yourself. And The reason for this message or this uh, title as part of the corruption uh, part one is that uh, we spoke about it this morning that there are things that are corrupting people. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap of the flesh. If you reap to the spirit, you will reap everlasting life. And we spoke about the fact that we need to how do I overcome this? How do I overcome corruption of the flesh? And there's certain things that we can do. And I mentioned it this morning that a lot of people will say, well, you guys are two-faced. And our answer to that is, no, we're not two-faced. We are four-faced. Amen. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Distinguish yourself, the four faces of a good Christian. And so let me start off first of all with Daniel 6 from verse 1 to 3. It says here, and you uh, please take notes. There's going to be a lot of things that you have to write down. So please take notes uh, as fast as you can. Um, and in future, let me just add this as well, that our notes will be on our new app, our church app, which will start in the new year. So you'll be able to follow and fill in the blanks and the spaces and write notes, whatever you want to. That will be part of our, of our app in the new year. But for now, use the old conventional method, pen and pencil and paper. All right, should just make notes. So it says here in Daniel 6, verse 1 to 3, and I want to establish a foundation as I teach on the subject um, about The fact that we need to distinguish ourselves it is very difficult in a corrupt world in where there's so many things that's making demand on the flesh and it causes corruption because if you sow to the flesh you'll reap corruption that it is quite rare to find people that are distinguished in god that people are just distinguished by nature and so tonight i'm going to give you the four faces the four uh, traits perhaps Um, of a good christian and how do you distinguish yourself what are the things that you have to do and i would like to say family if you apply this in your day-to-day life you will distinguish yourself so let's start with daniel 6 from verse 1 to 3 and maybe it's already up on the screen so you've watched it already for the last 30 seconds okay good so let me just sorry as i'm Trying to type here, people are messaging me, and I, I, okay, there we go. Daniel 6 verse 1. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom. Now, let me quickly just give you the background here. Israel has been exiled to Babylon, and Darius is one of the kings at the time in uh, uh, Babylon, and he appointed 120 rulers over the kingdom with three administrators over them. One of them was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. So the king trusted completely in these people. Now Daniel so distinguished himself. See that word there? Distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Here is Daniel. He is not a Babylonian. He is a Hebrew boy that's been taken from his country in exile, taken to a new land. And so he distinguishes himself so exceptionally, the word says here, that the king of the time decides to make him in charge of the 120 prefects or citraps, the people that rule the districts, the various kingdoms. And he is one of the three that oversees that process but even of the 3 you are so exceptional that the king took note of his abilities the next one scripture in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 and 18 says now the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom i want you to notice that this morning we spoke to, spoke about freedom that you cannot be free if there's corruption in your life and to be truly free means that you are fulfilled, that you understand what your calling is on your life so that you can fulfill that calling upon your life. Now the spirit of the Lord and where the spirit, now the, Sp- the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. I want you to notice that there. And we, who with unveiled faces, no cover-ups, in other words, the face that you see is the face that you'll get. That face reflects the glory of God. Are being transformed into His likeness, God's likeness, with ever-increasing glory, with more and more glory, being more and more like God. Which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So I want you to understand from 2 Corinthians 3 here is that the face that you see, the unveiled face, is the face of the Lord or is the way that God intended us to be. Let me give you another example of this in Revelations 4 verses 6 and 7. In the center around the throne were the four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and in the back. The first, the first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. So here we see four living creatures speaking about angelical beings, but the faces of these were represented in four different faces. Ezekiel 1 verse 10. Their faces look like this, giving you another confirmation that these faces are not only represented of us, but also represented of the Lord. Their faces look like this. Each of of the four had the face of a human being, number one, and on the right side, each had the face of a lion, number two, and on the left, the face of an ox, number three, also each had the face of an eagle, number four. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So having said all of this here now, is that we see clearly in about four different scriptures, as I've read to you, that there are different faces. Now, I'm not saying that God has four faces. I'm not saying that. I'm saying these angelical beings had these four faces. But it does say that these four faces represents, as it increases with glory, it is a representation of the face that God wants us to have. So let me then use those four faces to tell you what it represents and what God expects from us. Number one, the face of the lion. That means to love God. We know that Jesus is the lion from the tribe of Judah. And so the face of the lion represents here in this portion of scripture and in this context the love of God. In other words, we are going to love God in our steps in growing, in finding freedom, we've got to love God. Look what it says in Acts 4 verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So we can see family, when we love God, people will see it. Amen? People will see it. Let me give you a breakdown of that. Pray, because I love God, because people can see that I'm spending time with God, pray is the difference between the best I can do and the best God can do. You see, we are only limited to a point. After that, you're trying to do it in your own flesh. You've got to trust God. You've got to have faith in God because your abilities can only take you there, but God can take you all the way to the other side. So pray is the difference between the best I can do and the best God can do. Secondly, develop your closeness with God. In other words, to know that God can take you much further than what you can do in your own abilities, you have to develop your closeness with God. You have to have a close relationship with God and believe that that's what He can do. Secondly, you must develop your character. You can't have a bad attitude. You can't have a bad character. And yet you have closeness with God and you believe in God for everything. So in other words, to have the, the face of a lion, to love God, you must develop closeness with God. You must develop your character. Because how many of you would agree there's a couple of things that we can change in our character? Amen? The next point is, develop your calling. It's very important that you develop your calling. You might say, Pastor Johnny, but I'm not a pastor. I'm not called into the ministry the full time. We're all called, first of all, to greet people, right? Right here at the church. I mean, if you say, I'm not sure if if I can do anything in the church. Well, let me me just put it out there. Our, Our number one job in this church, everybody has been called to be a greeter. Amen. At least you can say, hello, how's it? Or you don't even have to put your hand out, you know, just say, how's it? Surely we can do that. Surely we can smile. Surely if we have to love God, we have to love people. We'll get to that now, all right? We can love God and we have to develop our character. We have to develop closeness with God. Then surely you need to develop your calling. But Pastor Johnny, I'm not sure yet what I'm doing. What are you doing in the church? Well, I'm not doing much. Well, start greeting people. And then you'll start developing your calling. You'll see how God's going to use you in different areas. Amen? Secondly, the face of the man you got to love people. The number one is love God, the face of a lion. Number two, the face of the man, love people. We loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And John Maxwell says it this way, the growth and development of people is the highest calling of a leader. we got to continuously do that. How do we do that? See people as they could be. See people as they could be. Always see the potential in people. Always see the potential in people. Secondly, say what you see. Now, let me give you an example of that. So if you are seeing somebody that's doing good, don't hold back. If you see somebody doing something well, something with excellence, something great, just, just adding value to the process, just at that moment, just spontaneously say to them, listen, I just want to tell you that you're doing a great job, man. And I'm so proud of you, and it's so good to have you here with us. You know, sometimes, family, that will be the only affirmation that people will ever get for that day or for that week or for that month or that year. Say what you see. Okay, so Pastor Johnny, so then I can also say, if I see they dropping the ball, yeah, you muckle. what are you doing there? No, 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 no. You know that one about the character that developed that? Just stay there for now. So see people as they could be. Number two, say what you see. And then number three, start the process to develop them. Are you mentoring somebody? No, but Pastor John, they haven't asked for me. I remember when I, years ago, people would ask me, would you, would you mentor me? And I'd say, yeah, no problem. But let me just tell you, here's my rule. You must pursue me. And it sounded so cool when I said that. You must pursue me. You want what I have? You must come to me. And then two years later, nobody's coming. And I wonder why. Because it's not natural for people to pursue you. I think I had one person. And in that process, I would give them impossible tasks. Because I'm mentoring them. And I realized this is not working. I would say to him, "Uh, Pastor John, I've got a little bit of a problem here. Here's a book. Read this book. And normally that would be good advice. But people, I'm not going to go back because he's going to ask me, what did you read on page 10? And I haven't read the book yet. Six months later. And so I realized that's not working. Okay, it might be a great strategy, but it's not working for me. And so I realized that I have to engage people and I've got to to start a process. I've got to start the process to develop them. And so it is also with, with people that you want to take on a journey, that you want to take on their next step start developing them. Say, well, let's just read the Bible five minutes a day. Let's just pray for five minutes today." If somebody's new in your area, it's no use if they don't pray at all. Now say, come, you must come to one hour prayer meeting. They're going to run away after that because they can't do it. They feel incompetent. And so you're making, we make them feel incompetent. So what we have to do is just to start a process wherever they're at. Today it's five minutes, tomorrow it's 10 minutes, pretty soon it's 15 to 20 minutes, then it's 30 minutes easy, and then it's 60 minutes, then it's a two-hour prayer meeting, then it's a six-hour prayer meeting, and then they're praying for 21 days, and their lives are transformed and changed. Start a process to develop them, amen? Number three, the face of the eagle. The face of the eagle is excellence. You know, an American eagle, which is one of the largest and biggest uh, eagles i saw a little video the other day on youtube where a, a american eagle would uh, grab these 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 uh, goats uh, on the mountainside will swoop down and then grab i mean they must weigh like maybe even double my weight so uh, where the result is they would just pick up these goats and just fly off with them you know like it's just a little thing like a kentucky fried chicken wing you know something like that okay and it would just swoop down and, and so these things are majestic I mean, eagles, we know that they rise above the, the, the thunderstorms, uh, physical th- 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 thunderstorms. They, they use the, uh, um, the airflow to get to higher levels. And that is what we should do. We should be like eagles. Amen. We should run and not be weary. We should go right to the top. We should elevate ourselves above the storms of life. We should do things in excellence. And now let me just share with you, excellence has always been something for me that distinguishes you from the normal or the average person. So for example, we would sweep our road all the way from the traffic light all the way to our entrances. We would sweep that road. Every Friday or every Thursday, depending on when it needs to be done. We would sweep the road. The guys would be out there, we'd pick up every stompy, so when I see a little stumpy or a little piece of paper, you know, I don't like it because I want that road to be the cleanest road in South Africa. You see, it's a spirit of excellence because if I can focus on the small details, then I can also look at the bigger picture. You might say, Pastor Johnny, why do you walk in the mall or some of the staff members and, and, and bend down and pick up a piece of paper? Sometimes it's like a snotty t-shirt and I actually don't want to pick it up. And I'm thinking, yes, I can just imagine all the germs on that thing, but hey, I'm going to pick that thing up because I want to set an example for somebody that just walked over it, and I want to put it into the bin. You see, because if I'm not willing to bend my knee, then the next person won't be able to, or want, will want to bend their knees. And so I've got to lead it by example. And so we have to lead by example. We've got to be the eagles around here. We're different. You know, you, there's a good old saying by John Maxwell, never send your ducks ducks to Eagle School. Because they can't fly that high. You know, sometimes in our organization, oh, I've got to be careful now. But you know, sometimes you have ducks. Don't send them to Eagle School. Send the eagles to Eagle School. Okay? It's like trying to get a cat to swim. They can't. They can climb trees. You'll never find a, a, a duck in a tree. A duck is in a pond. Amen? Never send your Your ducks to Eagle school. So we've got to adopt a spirit of excellence. In Mark 7, 37, people were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. Isn't it amazing that even here in the Bible, we see and we have examples of excellence, that people were astounded, they were amazed that they did things so well. It will distinguish you from other people. It will take you from average to being exceptional. You might say, Pastor Johnny, I work in a company. There's 5,000 employees. My boss will never see uh, the good things that I do. They will never notice me. I'm just there in my little cubicle. You start doing things in excellence and people will start to notice. Excellence is doing ordinary things extraordinary well. By, By stating that, you have to do the following. Number one. Do all things well. Don't you just do some things well. Don't do the things that you like well and the other things you don't do well. Do all things well. If you're going to start with a process, then do it well. Don't do a half a job. Don't just start saying, ah, I'm losing interest in this thing. Let me just, you know, whatever. Let me move on. Do all things well. Remember, we're talking about how to distinguish yourself. This is a face of a Christian. Do all things well. Number two, do it before I'm asked. Do it before you're asked. You know, I've got a philosophy in in my life that if I want to be an exceptional person, if I want to be a distinguished person, if I want to operate in the realm of excellence, then I've always got to be one step ahead of my colleagues and I've got to be one step ahead of my boss. And I've got to ensure that when I do that, it is for the purpose of not trying to throw them under the bus, but it is for the purpose so that I can anticipate what needs to be done and that I've planned it. And without even somebody asking me, I've done it because that is what needs to be done. So if you, for example, if you're nobody's greeting people, then, hey, guess what? We've just promoted you, okay? Deputized into the office of the greeter, okay? It's a six-fold ministry, okay? So, that's the new office and you are all now deputized and so you're all greeted so you can say well if you're not greeting I'm greeting hello how's it how's it amen do all things well do it before I'm asked and do more than is expected how many of us goes the extra mile truly without being asked you just do it because it's in your nature it's in your spirit It's the spirit of the eagle or the spirit of excellence that drives you. Number four, the face of the ox is your attitude. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing and yet possessing everything is what Paul said. It is his attitude. He says, even though I've got nothing, I've got everything. Even though I'm poor, I'm rich. I don't care what people say. I'm fulfilled in what I do. I've run my race. I've done well. I know that this is what God wants me to do. You've got to have the right attitude. You know, folks, you can be, you can be clever. You can score straight A's in school. But if you've got a bad attitude, you're going to struggle to, to deal with people. And people are not going to like you. And you're going to wonder, I wonder why they don't like me. I mean, look how clever I am. It's not just about your grades. It's not just a, a, a how good you can do your job. It's also about your attitude. So even when things are going wrong, maintain a good attitude. Even when you're wrong, maintain a good attitude. Take it, man. Take it like a man. Take it like a woman. I don't know whichever way you want to look at it, okay? Just take it, all right? So if somebody tells you, listen, you didn't do it right, don't say, oh, oh, well, you know, but, yeah, but, but, I I can't believe it. You know, this is how I get treated in the church. They say I'm a greeter. Now I can't greet anymore and all this kind. No, no, no. Just take it. Just just, just buck up. Have a good attitude. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, I'm going to make a note of all those good things that you told me. And I'm going to really work on those things. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Because I want to operate in the spirit of excellence. And I've got to have a right attitude when I do this. John Maxwell says, people may hear your words, but they feel your attitude. So let me give you three things about a good attitude. Be a servant. Jesus said the greatest person is to be a servant in the kingdom of God. Not to be served. Be a servant. Apart from being deputized as a greeter now, I also want you to, 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 to find opportunities where you can serve. Be a servant. Where can you help people? You're seeing that old Tani is trying to get in with a, with a wheelchair. There's a brick blocking it. And you just actually just like, sorry, let me just get around here. Thank you. Just help them. Just be a servant. Pastor John, is not, not my job as the greeter. Ah, you can't say that anymore because everybody's now a greeter. All right? Be a servant. Be positive. Be positive. In this world, in our country perhaps, there are many reasons why people can't be positive. There are many things that you can blame and say, yeah, what do you expect? But today I want to say to you that you've got to be positive. You see, let me quickly tell you, use this opportunity to tell you a story. There were once two, twin boys that was uh, b- a birth, uh, born from an alcohol, alcoholic family. The mom and the dad were both alcoholics. And they, they, they started to abuse these little boys. And so they went through a terrible time. And at the age of about two years old, the pastor uh, stepped in and he got child services to, to rescue these boys out of this alcoholic family. Because he could see this was going nowhere. These kids would just have the worst of the worst in life. And so he rescued them and placed them into orphanage. And 40 years later, he decided, you know what? I wonder what happened to those twin boys. I mean, everything went wrong for them. You can't believe what their life was like at that time. And I can only imagine what would have happened if they stayed in that family. And so he decided to to, to check up on these boys. And so he went back and he contacted the agency. And they told him, the first boy, and, and and he met him in the parks of New York, sleeping on a bench. And he went up to him and said to him, hey, how are you doing? Do you remember me? I remember you. And he said to him, I want to ask you one question. What brought you to this place? And he said to to, to the pastor, what do you expect with parents like mine? So he decided to check up on the second boy. And after a long time, he found out that he was one of America's five richest people in, in the United States. And so he made an appointment, went up. Uh, in the elevator that went all the way to the penthouse uh, office suite uh, of his own building, and he stepped out onto the plush carpet and he got to the guy and he explained who he was and he said, I want to ask you one question. What brought you to this place? He said, what do you expect with parents like mine? Both boys used the same reason for their condition. But the one boy said, this is a reason why I can go and lie in a hole, be a hobo, The other one said, I will never be the same again. I will never be as poor. I will never let my circumstances define me. I'm going to make the best of my life. You've always got to be positive. And then lastly, be enjoyable. Be enjoyable. Let people enjoy you. And I know for some of us, you know, for me, I've got to work at being enjoyable. I know you guys, it comes naturally. I mean, listen to you. I mean, we can't sh- shut you off. It's like, where's that switch, you know? You tire me out, you know? But I've got to work at being enjoyable, not because I'm not an enjoyable person. It's just that it's not my character, my nature. But I recognize and I acknowledge this is where I, I fall short. I've got to work on this. So I've got to really be in the mode. For example, people would come to you and say, Pastor John, I can't believe it. I walked past you in the passage where you never greeted me. I didn't even know you were there. And the reason being because my mind is working, boy. I'm thinking of things, I'm planning things. So when I'm walking, ching ching, one, two, three, I never walk around and say, oh, Laka, what's up? You know, hey, cool, you know. No, I'm thinking the whole time, you know. And so, hello, good morning. You know, I didn't even see you there. I apologize. Okay. And so I've got to work at being enjoyable. I've got to make sure that I'm enjoyable. I've got to, and there's a time, for example, in the mall. So many of you have met me in the mall and I would go out there and I purpose for myself for 30 minutes, I've got to go out there and I want to touch as many lives as I can without it sounding or or feeling or being experienced as being rushed. Why don't you say, hey, sorry, listen, your one minute is up. I've got to go. Okay. I want to try and touch as many people's lives. But I've got to do that by being enjoyable. And I've got to really listen to what you've got to say. And if it means that I'm only going to listen to one person for 30 minutes, then that is time well spent. Be enjoyable. So first of all, you're being deputized as the greeter. Secondly, be positive. And thirdly, be enjoyable. So let me just summarize what we've spoken about. There are four faces to a Christian. We are not two-faced. We are four-faced. Number one, The face of the lion, which is love God. Secondly, the face of of man, which is to love people. Thirdly, the face of the eagle is to live in an environment of excellence. And fourthly, the face of the ox is to have the right attitude. Family, if you apply these four faces, if this is your four faces that people see, you cannot but succeed. You don't need corruption in your life. There's no place for corruption in your life. I'm talking about corruption of the flesh. Amen? And so this evening, I want to encourage you. Maybe there's areas that you need to work on in your life. I want you to to engage it. I want you to embrace it. Now that you've been deputized, as I've said, you're all greeters in the church. At least you can say, I have a job in the church. And what is your job? You're a greeter. I'm also a greeter. I'm the chief greeting officer. How about you? Can you relate to that? You see, family, this world has got its fair share of problems. There could be many reasons why you could have stayed at home tonight. But you came and you heard the word of God. And if you want to be free, you see, it is our heart's desire as a church, as we move into a new phase of how we want to pastor you, but for you to be effective... I need to see these four faces in your life. I need to see them in my life. I've got to say no to corruption of the flesh. And I've got to say that I want to be free. Because for us to help you, even as a greeter in the church, you need to be free. You cannot look at the world through the eyes of your discontent. And so if you're not free, then you need to be free. So you need to find fulfillment. You need to discover your purpose. I said it this morning. There are two great purposes. The first one is the day you got born, the purpose that God intended for you to be on this earth. He birthed you into this world. The second most important thing is for you to discover why you are on this earth. And once you discover your purpose, you can be fulfilled. And when you are fulfilled, you can start to become the chief greeting officer. You can be that person that is helping, that is positive, that is encouraging because people sometimes come to church. I know it's difficult to believe. Come to church and they just want a friendly face. Just a friendly word of encouragement. Just a friendly hug. And so that is our job. So let us embrace the four faces of a good Christian. Did you receive the word tonight?